0: and so being an attorney by trade I was able to organize and uh, it you know the organization to become a 501c3 yeah and you're going to love this the first name we had was not apparent miracles okay it was called the sugar daddy
1: foundation oh, i do love it i, I you
0: love it already right i love and it
1: I- <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love that. Okay. We we got to know where that came from. good evening everyone my name is baron jay and i am the host of the Giving while black podcast we are here to uplift amplify and what celebrate black philanthropy and people of color who is making a difference in their communities every single day i don't know i've had some incredible guests um, so far but this one is really special we go back many years and just a beautiful person inside out, and I'm so excited about having the opportunity to interview my friend Melanie Williams. Welcome, Melanie.
0: Thank you, Baron. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Well,
1: I am so glad um, you're here. I mean, you you're an attorney. You're a former military. You're a business leader, radio executive, um, and the founder of a parent. Uh, miracles and so you got a lot going on and we want to dive into that so tell us a little bit about your background who is Melanie Williams
0: that's a loaded question (laughs) um you know Melanie Williams it depends on what day you ask her um back in the day uh I am the proud daughter of Gertrude Williams and William Henry Williams uh of we were you know I was born in I say Charleston, South Carolina, but it's really Mount Pleasant, which is across the bridge. If you know anything about Charleston geography.
1: Yeah. I know um, a little something about yeah. Mount Pleasant. We did a little <laughs> boat ride or something over there before. <laughs>
0: yes. We love that water and the beach. And, um, so I have one brother, Billy Williams, who is now up in heaven and, uh, we were a family of four and, um, my, my father was a high school principal, both educators, and my mom was a special education uh, teacher. Uh-huh. And so um, my father, I remember him going to t- uh, be a principal at Lincoln High School. And he took me a couple of times, I was part of their home at. Uh, they, home ec they don't even do that anymore in high school yeah i hadn't heard that?
1: that word in a while oh, <laughs> now.
0: So home but they would make the little cute outfits for me for their sewing projects and uh, i was part of their little mascot for cheering so that was kind of my roots yeah. and uh, you know fortunately he was taken away from us um when i was five he died suddenly in a boating accident Wow. And so um, I saw my mother struggle to raise my brother and I on a teacher salary
2: yeah. and
0: um, would come home and there'd be days the lights would go off, be off. Um, in the wintertime, she would have to use the oven to heat the house.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, I heard her begging the repo man not to take the car, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a lot of times she wanted needed money, needed cash. And she would do what we call today these payday loans, where you would borrow two hundred and yep. spend two years paying a thousand back. That's you know, right. yeah. So it was always creditors calling, um, but made it by the grace of God to University of South Carolina.
1: Woo woo! Go Gamecocks!
0: go gang costs. despite the season we still love you
2: <laughs>
0: and uh, you know i remember sitting in that dorm room my freshman year not knowing how we were pay for college now baron i don't know how we got that far in the process yeah. we're sitting in the dorm with no tuition paid you know they don't yeah. let you grace the yeah. dorm steps but fortunately my grandmother eloise sawyer um, came forward with the funds. And so I was able to get to college and made it to law school. And by the grace of God, want to pay it forward to help somebody else.
1: Was that the Darlington Sawyers? Is your yes.
0: grandmother?
1: Yeah. What? I, I never knew that that connection was there.
0: Yeah. And so we made it to college. Um, my mom knew that she didn't have any money to give me for school each month and so she said well let's look at the military and my cousin who's a man a man was doing it but she signed up for me to um enlist when i was 17. and so i did national guard when i was 17 and i kept it going after you know college and law school and was able to go on for 33 years of service and retired to rank of colonel.
1: 33 years Mm. yep Mm. (laughs) Well, I'm going to tell you, i tell you, that that is amazing. 33 years. Thank you, Melanie, for your service. And, and people say that a lot. But if you really reflect on what that actually means, you know, and the freedom that we do have in this country is directly tied to your service, right? And people like you. So my, my father asked me when... Um, I was getting ready to go to college or contemplating college. She said, son, why don't you go to the military? Mm -hmm. And I was like, did you go to the military? He said, no. I said, why are you trying to send me? (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to go to the military.
0: (laughs) And you know, it is definitely a calling, you know. um, And I have to admit, I, you know, it was all national guard. I was never active duty. So I I take my hat off to people who went overseas you know yeah. operation enduring freedom iraqi freedom yeah. you know the war that's happening now we don't call it a war we call it something else but right yeah yes
1: yeah i've had buddies that was in national guard and i remember those weekends you know <laughs> we had to we had to work around our going out and having a good time around yep. those weekends <laughs>
0: yes exactly you know and as an uh, officer, well, first of enlisted and as an officer, I saw both sides, you know, struggling to get in, yeah. being that formation in time, and also seeing how soldiers look when they come in from yeah. the night after.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what, well, you know, your story is is so intriguing. What did you learn as a young person from your mom going through the challenges and struggles that she, that you saw her going through?
0: I saw a strong woman, a woman of principle, um, who gave us a great home despite the fact that we were, you know, really struggling. You know, we didn't know it. Um, And I say one of principles because even after my father passed, there were young men that were interested in her. Yeah. Um, But she decided to put that on hold especially after one was asking very inappropriate questions about me when i was age nine. Oh wow and she put us first and yeah. um uh, you know i i thank her for that you know and of course i want to see her date somebody even at the ripe old age she said she's 38 but we know it's
1: 82. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah i learned she's
1: still things. beautiful though she's still yeah yes, beautiful. <laughs> yes
0: and still a prayer warrior so yeah i learned my faith i got that from her that's for sure
1: yeah yeah so you you watched her you were able to see her in very difficult times and so for you um when did you start thinking about philanthropy and giving back yourself
0: i I would i would say to think about it intentionally probably I would say in the last 10 years or so, okay. but I have been giving all my life, yeah. you know, um, I, I saw my mom give, you know, uh, she gave to her students, you know, she was a special ed teacher. Mm. And, you know, you, and what I, what I mean by that is at Christmas time, she would give them like a little toiletry pack. So it would be yeah. necessities, the underwear, the soap, the, wa- you know, washcloths, the, the mouthwash. Of course, yeah. it's not what any of the students wanted, but it's what they needed. Right. So I just kind of, when I saw a need, you feel it, you know, you just don't really ask anybody. Yeah. But it really became something that I really started thinking about when I started looking at next chapters. You know, I've been... Um, with the federal government for all these years, but it's something I really want to be doing for the rest of my life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So about 10 years ago, you, you, you got more serious about it, more intentional, I would say about it, but you saw your mom doing these little things, kind of planting these seeds early in your life for you to be able to see, you know, a lot of times we don't um, You know, I, I grew up, my father was a pastor, as as you know, and I didn't Love see, him. yeah, I didn't see philanthropy like that. You know, people as a pastor's son and being in that family, people would bring stuff to the pastor or invite us out to dinner. But I don't recall, you know, a lot of philanthropic acts that came from us
0: you know? Right, and so and I
1: just thought that was interesting.
0: Yeah, and we didn't. I don't know about you, but we didn't see giving while black. Yeah, and, and a, in a in an organized state, right. we just saw it. Someone passed away. People are bringing food. On. Exactly. You know, exactly. we we it was we we just knew it as love, community, love.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, but in terms of the intentional organizational of it. Hey, this is our purpose. This is our mission. Yeah. That's what, you know, we has evolved. Yeah. And I love it. I love the evolution.
1: Yeah. Because historically we have been givers forever. That was a part of our DNA. And when yeah. you look at the research, even now, you know, of course, when we look at black people in general, we still give the highest percentage of our income away compared to other groups even to to this day and there is a wealth gap that exists in our communities and we know that right but still yet there's a philanthropic side to us that has always been there but we've gotten away from how we used to help and support each other and part of what we're trying to do with giving while black is to spur that on again. And to these, these philanthropic acts of kindness that were random, you know, we try to do them as much as, as possible. So here you are um, in this particular, you're, you're growing up, you've seen this, you've also witnessed struggles and you decided that you wanted to do something in terms of helping people like your mom. Tell us a little bit about your organization.
0: Absolutely. Um, when I, when I started thinking about the next chapter, I always knew I wanted to do something in my dad's honor.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: and so, being an attorney by trade, I was able to organize and uh, it, you know, the organization to become a five hundred one c three. Yeah. And you're gonna love this. The first name we had was not apparent miracles. Okay. It was called the
1: sugar daddy foundation I do love it I I love it
0: already right I love
1: it (laughs) (laughs) I absolutely love that okay We, we gotta know where that came from Good evening, everyone. My name is Baron Jay, and I am the host of the Giving Wild Black Podcast. We are here to uplift, amplify, and what? Celebrate Black philanthropy and people of color who is making a difference in their communities every single day. I don't know. I've had some incredible guests um, so far, but this one... Is really special. We go back many years, and just a beautiful person inside out. And I'm so excited about having the opportunity to interview my friend Melanie Williams. Welcome, Melanie.
0: Thank you, Baron. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's an honor.
1: Well, I am so glad um, you're here. I mean, you you're an attorney. You're a former military. You're a business leader, radio executive, um, and the founder of Apparent uh, Miracles. And so you got a lot going on and we wanna dive into that. So tell us a little bit about your background. Who is Melanie Williams?
0: That's a loaded question. (laughs) Um, You know, Melanie Williams, it depends on what day you ask her. Um, Back in the day, uh, I am the proud daughter of Gertrude Williams and William Henry Williams. Uh, of Char- we were, you know, I was born in I say Charleston, South Carolina but it's really Mount Pleasant which is across the bridge if you know anything about Charleston geography
1: Yeah, I know um, a little something about yeah. Mount Pleasant We did a little <laughs> boat ride or something over there before <laughs>
0: Yes, we love that water and the beach and um, so I have one brother, Billy Williams who is now up in heaven and uh, we were a family of four and um my, my father was a high school principal, both educators, and my mom was a special education uh, teacher. Okay. And so um, my father, I remember him going to t- uh, be a principal at Lincoln High School. And he took me a couple of times, I was part of their home at, uh, they, home ec they don't even do that anymore in high school yeah
1: yeah i hadn't heard that. that word in a while come
0: oh, on oh, now so home ec. but they would make the little cute outfits for me for their sewing projects and uh, i was part of their little mascot for cheering so that was kind of my roots yeah. and um, you know fortunately he was taken away from us um when i was five he died suddenly in a boating accident And so um, I saw my mother struggle to raise my brother and I on a teacher salary and um, would come home and there'd be days the lights would go off, be off. Um, In the wintertime, she would have to use the oven to heat the house. Um, I heard her begging the repo man not to take the car, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, there was a lot of times she wanted, needed money, needed cash. And she would do what we call today these payday loans where you would borrow 200 and yep. spend two years paying a thousand back That's you know right. yep. so it was always creditors calling um but made it by the grace of god to university of south carolina
1: Woo-hoo. go game cops
0: go game cops despite <laughs> the season we still love you <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, you know, I remember sitting in that dorm room my freshman year, not knowing how we were going to pay for college. Now, Barron, I don't know how we got that far in the process. We're sitting in the dorm with no tuition paid, you know, they do not let you grace the dorm steps. But fortunately, my grandmother, Eloise Sawyer, um, came forward with the funds. And so I was able to get to college and made it to law school. And by the grace of God, I want to pay it forward to help somebody else.
1: Was that the Darlington Sawyers is your yes. grandmother? Yeah. What? I, I never knew that that connection was there.
0: Yeah. And so we made it to college. Um, my mom knew that she didn't have any money to give me for school each month. And so she said, well, let's look at the military. And my cousin who's a man, a man was doing it, but she signed up for me to um enlist when I was seventeen. And so I did National Guard when I was seventeen and I kept it going after, you know, college and law school and was able to go on for thirty-three years of service and retired the rank of colonel. Thirty-three years? Mm. Yep.
1: Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'ma tell you I tell you, that that is amazing. 33 years. Thank you, Melanie, for your service. And, and people say that a lot. But if you really reflect on what that actually means, you know, and the freedom that we do have in this country is directly tied to your service. Right. And people like you. So my, my father asked me when um, I was getting ready to go to college or contemplating college. He said, son, won't you go to the military? Mm -hmm. and i was like did you go to the military he said no i said why are you trying to send me (laughs) 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 i don't want to go to the military
0: (laughs) and you know it is definitely a calling you know um and i have to admit i you know it was all national guard i was never active duty so i I take my hat off to people who went overseas you know operation enduring freedom iraqi freedom You know, the war that's happening now, we don't call it a war. We call it something else. But, yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. I've had buddies that was in National Guard. And I remember those weekends, you know, (laughs) we had to, we had to work around our going out and having a good time around those weekends.
0: (laughs) Yes, exactly. You know, and as an officer, well, first enlisted and as an officer, I saw both sides, you know, struggling to get in, being in that formation in time. And also seeing how soldiers look when they come in from yeah. the night after. <laughs> yeah. What
1: well, you know, your story is, is so intriguing. What did you learn as a young person from your mom going through the challenges and struggles that she that you saw her going through?
0: I saw a strong woman, a woman yeah. of principle um, who gave us a great home despite The fact that we were, you know, really struggling—you know—we didn't know it. Um, And I say one of principles because even after my father passed, there were young men that were interested in her. Yeah. Um, But she decided to put that on hold, especially after one was asking very inappropriate questions about me when I was age nine. Oh wow! And she put us first, and um, you know, I I thank her for that. You know, and of course, I want to see her date somebody, even at the ripe old age. She said she's 38, but we know it's 80. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I learned. She's still beautiful, though. She's still yes. beautiful. Yes, <laughs> yes.
0: And still a prayer warrior. So
1: yeah, I learned
0: my faith. I got that from her. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you you watched her. You were able to see her in very difficult times. And so for you, you um, when did you start thinking about philanthropy and giving back yourself?
0: I, I would, I would say to think about it intentionally. Probably, I would say in the last ten years or so. Okay, but I have been giving all my life. Yeah, you know, um, I I saw my mom give. You know, uh, she gave to her students. You know, she was a special ed teacher. Mm. And you know, you and what I what I mean by that is at Christmas time, he would give them like a little toiletry pack. So it'd be yeah. necessities, the underwear, the soap, the what you know, washcloths, the 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 mouthwash. Of course yeah. it's not what any of the students wanted, but it's what they needed. Right. So I just kind of when I saw a need, you feel it. You know, you just don't really ask anybody. Yeah. But it really became something that I really started thinking about when I started looking at next chapters. You know, I've been um, with the federal government for all these years, but it's something I really want to be doing for the rest of my life.
1: Yeah, yeah. So about 10 years ago... You, you got more serious about it more intentional i would say about it but you saw your mom doing these little things kind of planting these seeds early in your life for you to be able to see you know a lot of times we don't um you know i i grew up my father was a pastor as as you know and i think yeah i didn't see philanthropy like that you know people as a pastor son and being in that family, people would bring stuff to the pastor or invite us out to dinner. But I don't recall, you know, a lot of philanthropic acts that came from us, you know? Right. And so and did, I, I just thought that was interesting.
0: Yeah. And we didn't, I don't know about you, but we didn't see Giving While Black. Yeah. And in, in a in an organized state. Right. We just saw it. Someone passed away people are bringing food on exactly you know we we it was we we just knew it as love community love um but in terms of the intentional organizational of it hey this is our purpose this is our mission
2: yeah
0: that's what you know we has evolved yeah i love it i love the evolution
1: yeah because historically we have been givers forever that was a part of our DNA. And when you look at the research, even now, you know, of course, when we look at black people in general, we still give the highest percentage of our income away compared to other groups, even to, to this day. And there is a wealth gap that exists in our communities. And we know that, right. But still yet, There's a philanthropic side to us that has always been there, but we've gotten away from how we used to help and support each other. And part of what we're trying to do with Giving While Black is to spur that on again. And to these these philanthropic acts of kindness that were random, you know, we try to do them as much as as possible. So here you are um, in this particular, you're, you're growing up, you've seen this, You've also witnessed struggles, and you decided that you wanted to do something in terms of helping people like your mom. Tell us a little bit about your organization.
0: Absolutely. Um, when, I, when I started thinking about the next chapter, I always knew I wanted to do something in my dad's honor Yeah. Um, while celebrating my mother and what she did for my brother and I raising us and i wanted it to be something that really resonated with me that was personal to me and so being an attorney by trade i was able to organize and uh it you know the organization to become a 501c3 yeah. and you're going to love this the first name we had was not apparent miracles okay it was called the sugar daddy foundation
1: I do love it. I love
0: it already. Right. I love
1: it. (laughs) (laughs) I absolutely love that. Okay. We we gotta know where that came from.
0: Right. You know, because it was a sugar daddy that was usually around to give that couple extra dollars or so. Yeah. Yeah. And me being trying to be super spiritual, I said because our sweet heavenly father will supply (laughs) our needs. That's the sugar daddy, right? Okay. Okay. That didn't go over well with corporate sponsors. So <laughs> they like, we love the purpose, but. Right.
1: <sighs> right. right. Yeah. We need, so, we, we need to massage that a little bit. Yeah.
0: yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's figure out another name. Uh, so came up with apparent miracles um, because what we do is we create miracle moments yeah or single parents and that's why when you see the way a parent is spelled yeah it only has one p as opposed to the traditional two because it represents the single parent and so we do our acts of kindness we call call miracle moments by providing household needs for single parents and those are custom made to whatever they need in that moment so for instance you could have someone who needs to get a football uniform You may have someone that just wants to throw a birthday party for their child.
2: Um,
0: We've had our very first one we did, we were at uh, FAMU, we helped, and because we helped um, single working parents of children, infants through college. Mm. So to us, they are, single parent families are like the middle child or the single working parents in the society. And we know that there's resources to help parents single parents who aren't working yeah. but we want to help those who are working but just don't have enough yeah and so we come alongside them to provide you know and it's usually about 500 or less okay and what we do to help that parent and so um we work with community partners like your schools military churches boys and girls club ymca and we ask them where who are your single parents that need funds and so for this particular first one we did we were with at famu and we actually did a concert there with jonathan butler okay and uh we last day and that was when we were the sugar daddy foundation that was the one and only event we did as. oh kids. really
1: under that name <laughs>
0: And so we gave her um, some funds, a nice size amount of money. And she said at the time she got that check, she had been waiting for six years for a kidney. And she said the very next day, she got a call after she got the money from us. She got a call saying that they had a kidney for her, but that she needed to fly from Tallahassee to Miami for the transplant in two days yeah. and she said because she had that money she was able to get on that plane and fly at short notice and to be able to have money left over to recover and she said you guys jump started my miracle
1: wow
0: yeah yeah
1: that is that is phenomenal i i I got my chill bumps going (laughs) on here that is phenomenal wow
0: yeah so And we we love doing it. I mean, so we've been at it since about 20... We we were formed in 2017. So going on six years, and no, seven years in May.
1: Seven years in May. Well, congratulations on seven years because, you know, we have our own foundation called the B.K. Damon Foundation. We're about three years in, but it's some work, right? Especially if you got a full-time job or business and you're still trying to kind of do this on the side. You know, it, it takes a lot so do you have staff people who's helping you and working with you volunteers
0: yes we have staff we have a board and we have volunteers so we have um like two uh we have an intern who helps us okay. as well as our executive director and it's you know full-time sounds like a nice thing to have and but it's yeah. really a stipend okay. that we give but everybody has their day job but you okay. know they provide that admin support and in these days and age, because we can work virtually, we don't have a physical building that mm-hmm. cuts down on costs. And that's more money that goes to the parents.
2: Right. Um,
0: we have a board, a very super illustrious board of well accomplished people who are national of national prominence, um, world leaders um, okay. as well, who help us to make sure we're getting the money to the right people at the right time
1: yeah do you have fundraisers too different fundraisers
0: yes so we have um we have a typical fundraiser dinner that we we did one in 22 we didn't do it in 23 and then every year we have our fundraiser f-u-n razor called beauty and the beach
2: Oh, okay. that's,
0: <laughs> that's where we tell all the ladies, come on wherever we are, come and hang out with us at the beach and it's a whole weekend uh a fun girlfriend getaway. So in fact, um the last one we did was in Charleston. So we do it every November and we've been in Florida, but we moved away from Florida for a little bit for a second.
1: Okay, okay.
0: But we're in Charleston this past year and uh we do everything from workshops but it also was a brainchild of mine because i saw a sports illustrated magazine Mm. and i said you know why do these ladies get to have all the fun in these sports illustrated swimsuit photos and why can't the everyday woman do that yeah so we allow them to have a cover model shoot with their own glam squad model coach and then we build a lot of fun around it. So we have weekend workshops. We have a rooftop party that night uh, when they come in. And then Sunday, we end with what's called the Wisdom Bench. Okay. Where the, and we have it ages 20 to 25 to 75.
1: Oh, wow. Okay.
0: Yeah. So the 20 somethings talk to the 30 year olds. The 30 year olds talk to the 40 year olds. And it goes intergenerational. on.
1: Intergenerational. Yeah.
0: Yes. And so, Baron, can you imagine if you had someone in their 50s tell you what to expect in that decade when you get there?
1: Yeah, 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 it's you know. powerful, it's powerful.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, and even though we have the beautiful beach and all the surroundings and the fun, most of the women, that's the jewel of yeah. the weekend to them, is that yeah. wisdom bench. So
1: Wow, the wisdom bench, I, I love it. So I'm, I'm hearing you say that you also want to do one for the men called the handsome in the beach. Is that what it, what it yes. is? We, me yes. And you got to work on that together.
0: Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. You're going to be the chief, chief, chief guru on that. Yes. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. We, we we need to work on that.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, a- after,
1: so you've had this organization since 2017. When you started it, did you feel like a philanthropist? Were you using this kind of terminology?
0: Not really. I was yeah. just, I just needed a way to give back and do it in a way that makes sense with yeah. my purpose and what I felt I was called to do. Yeah. Um. So I think I, you know, of course I probably wear the, the title, yeah. but it didn't really occur to me that that's what I was.
1: Yeah. One of the things that we, we love to do on this show is have our guests say, I am a philanthropist. I want you I would love for you to say it.
0: I am a philanthropist.
1: Yes, you are. What when you said that, how does that make you feel? What kind of emotion did that elicit from you?
0: It's it's definitely <laughs> It, it it's empowering because I've heard that you form your world with your words. Yeah. And so by saying it, I am. That's always a declaration that gets me to say, okay, it's my my truth. Yeah. I need to walk in that. So yeah. that's a gateway. Thank you for that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um and, and and we want our people we come in contact with and our guests to, as you said, I, I wear it, but sometimes we don't say it, right? right. And, and we have, you know, once you get your degree, they say you have all the what the the rights and all the stuff,
2: yes, or, yeah.
1: yeah, the privileges that this degree presents you. And as a philanthropist, we do, we just don't see ourselves that way. And we want to be able um, to operate in what we do, but also have this kind of swag and confidence like, yeah, we're giving back in the world. You know, God has blessed yeah. us to be able to do what we do and the gifts that we have. But I am this. Right. And I can I can walk into that. So that's
0: awesome. I, I have a question for you. Sure. In, in your um, how many, if you could, by statistics, find that your guests have said that or they haven't said that they are philanthropic. Or acknowledge that truth,
1: yeah. Um, most of them, the ones I've interviewed so far, none of them, Hmm,
0: interesting,
1: yeah, yeah, none of them. Um, and it's always this kind of aha moment because they realize the power in it, and that's what we want to do. We want people, um, because they because we're the kind of people that. We don't necessarily have to take credit for it. I remember when we were asked to be deacons at our church and they said, well, we want you guys to be deacons. And we said, we don't want, we don't need a title to do, we're working, we're doing stuff. (laughs) And they said, so you might as well have the title. You know, that was like reverse psychology, right? Yeah. Uh, And we ended up becoming deacons, but we shy away from titles right and yeah. this is a, a a title that we don't need to shy away from because we want other young people like you talk about this wisdom bench for you to be able to say the next time you're sitting on the bench you know i'm melanie i'm a philanthropist and and they say for for, for what <laughs> you know okay. pronounce the word and then we say oh it just means the love of mankind And we're able to use our time, our talent, and our treasure to make a difference in the world. And we hope that you're going to do the same. And we want to demonstrate that to you, how you're going to do it in the future yourself.
0: Thank you for that. That's awesome. Yeah, That is awesome. I love it.
1: So, and that's some of the misconceptions. And to your question, Um, people say, um, you just have to have a lot of money. Right. When I first started on this philanthropic journey, I moved to North Carolina and one of my friends asked me to come to this group of men talking about philanthropy. I'd never been in a space like this. It's about 35 men. And we wanted to start a giving circle. Are you familiar with the giving circle concept?
0: I've heard of it, but not uh, yeah. in great detail.
1: And so we had these 35 men sit around the table. And I wasn't used to groups like this of just black men who didn't come from church or fraternity. Mm. These are just community minded men that said, we're gonna pool our resources together and we're gonna have this process of collective giving. And we're gonna have people come nonprofits. I mean, your nonprofit could have come and do a presentation. We are like, ooh, we like what they're doing. Here's a $1,000, Wow. here's $500. And there was no politics. There was no one-up you. It was mm-hmm. all of us pulling our money together because we cared about a cause together. Love it. Yeah. And it was real powerful. So when we, when, you know, on this particular process that we were going through, I was like, man, you know, this is, this is cool. We need to be able to duplicate this, you know, over and over again. Um, but people rarely seen themselves at philanthropists until... You know, um, we start having these conversations about this is who we this is who we are. I was talking to a friend of mine, and I asked her. I said, "Do you donate money?" She said, "Yeah," and I knew she did. And I mm-hmm. said, "Do you see yourself as a philanthropist?" She said, "No, I just give. You know, I just give the charities. I just give them fifteen dollars here, twenty dollars here, fifty dollars here." I said, "But you are. Why you don't see yourself that way?" You know, right. and being able to get people to, to think a little bit differently about it.
0: That's awesome. And yeah. and you're right, because people, we're we, we are givers. Sometimes if you put, it's almost like you put the title in it, it might be taboo for a person. Yeah. But um, it's also something in acknowledging it and walking into that.
1: Yeah. You know, as, as a philanthropic coach and working with people who, you know, some of them have, You know, great means, and they don't care anything about it. They just have some people have to give money away just because of taxes, right? Yeah. You want to, you want to, people who have money don't want to give money to the government, and I don't either, (laughs) right? We want to be able to do something with the money outside of that, but in terms of how they feel, about giving, they may not. And people have that misconception when people have money, they automatically care about causes. And and that's actually very, um, very different than reality. A lot Mm -hmm. of them don't care about causes. So when I talk about philanthropy and I'm a philanthropist, it's coming from my heart. It's coming out of my spirit, right? And it's not just because I have money or I don't, it's my heart is right toward it and being able to give about you know give it away and that's why it's important
0: and that makes you incredibly successful yeah sitting in that seat and in that mindset
1: yeah absolutely so what are some of your future goals for apparent miracles what's some of your things that you would love to to happen over the next three to five years
0: Yes, thank you for asking that because we, are, in January, we always, you know, look at our strategic partners and say how can we get to, you know, some of our partners we are in a handshake phase, and then we say how do we move from a handshake to a hug, yeah. and then how do we walk together? Yeah. And so some of those partnerships we have formed at the handshake level are now in the hugging phase and now we're walking together. And so uh, this year we're looking to do that with certain partners, like we're partners with Morehouse, Okay. Um, partners with Howard uh, University. Um, we've done great things with certain sponsors, like McDonald's, you know, okay. they have provided funds for us to give to on the educational level for high school and college.
2: Oh, wow. Um,
0: so those are some of the things we wanna to continue to solidify. We are supported probably by the Atlanta NFL Former Players Association chapter. Oh, and work. so they um, support us with different events that you know we do in helping bring awareness to our organization. So our partnerships are very important. YMCA is another one because a lot of times they identify um, single parents for us to help with child care expenses, you know.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, just past holiday, we actually were in New York uh, with our um, with the YMCA in Manhattan. Oh, wow. Too. OK, and we did single parents. And that was our second year doing that yeah. because we partner with a company called Silver Lining that does restoration for billionaire homes. So oh,
2: wow.
0: we know that the partnerships that we have are very mighty and powerful. Um, So another one is with Univision. One of our board members Mm -hmm. owns two Univision affiliates because it's important to us to connect with the Hispanic community. Yeah. Um, At the end of the day, three to five years, we want to look like uh, we want our donors or our recipients, our single parent families to look like uh, United Nations. We want to be able to give to Mm African-Americans, Asians, white, um, Hispanics. Because when you're giving while you're black, you want to create that positive message. So if there's yeah. a Hispanic family that says, "Hey, this organization run by this African American CEO, they helped me."
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, I have a diff- if I had a certain view of African American folks,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I may not have that hold that opinion now. Yeah. So that's. With our community partners, we want to continue doing our um, Beauty and the Beach event. We're looking at a new location for next year.
1: Okay. Um,
0: And so uh, with our single parents, we are still um, in the miracle moment. And so our goal is to move beyond the moment. So what does that mean? With a single parent, usually it's a firestorm that we're helping. You know, it's a bill that we're trying to help pay or rent is due or let's pay that mortgage or pay. react
1: reaction right reactive
2: yeah
0: yes and so we really want to get into a a season where we're not giving just a hand out but a hand up you know um we are wanting to do pop-up shops where we teach like if you're a mom who doesn't know how to tie your son's tie we want to be able to show them how to do that yeah or have some salon hairstylist show that how to do their daughter's hair,
2: yeah. or
0: how to braid. Um, we also want to be able to give counseling to some of the single parents who are very stressed out. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a wonderful opportunity to visit the White House along with 60 other community leaders in November, and I was able to express to First Lady Joe Biden about how single parents need mental health help. Yeah. And their kids, because they are so stressed, you know, yeah. trying to figure out how they're going to make that next bill or make that next end meet. But at the same time, they're projecting that stress on their kids. So yeah. we're hoping that at some point we might be able to even partner with the administration in doing that as well.
1: So yeah. a lot of
0: big plans.
1: Yeah, that that's some powerful stuff. and. And I know you're you're doing it, you know, on a part-time basis. But I'm so I'm, I'm so glad that you have support and help because it takes a lot, you know, to get the organization. We're um, about to start a program called the Go Giver Project, and you know we're we're excited about it. And it, it's been taking some time to get it ramped up, but just having volunteers and so if there's a way that we can partner together and and support you we would we would love to be able to do that as well
0: absolutely um and one of the things baron is that we are a national organization so we are not only national but we're also award-winning we um, received the rising and community excellence award for Nonprofit of the year in
2: 2020 oh wonderful Um,
0: But uh, giving and, you know, I say thank you, God, for all those accomplishments. Uh, But we give everywhere. So we might be in New York one time. uh, We gave in Charleston. So one of the things I forgot to mention, after we have a beauty and beach event in a particular town, we also give back in that same community where we were with the funds that we raised. So we were able to go back and help a single parent family with some funds after um, the Beauty and the Beach event for the holidays.
1: So, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that's so, fat, that's fantastic.
0: Thank you, thank you. So we we're trying to cover all fifty states. Yeah, we're we're working on it. Our next one is coming up very soon. So.
1: Well, that's gonna that's gonna no. make this next question really difficult for you. Then it's been since 2017. What is your favorite miracle moment that you've seen your organization do so far? I told you it was going to be tough.
0: (laughs) Yes. Hmm. Man, you, you stumped me. Um, there's so many, it's like, I know. it's like you pick your favorite child, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to cheat and, and give you a couple.
1: Okay, that's fine.
0: One that was really memorable was a recent one we did at Howard. And we partnered, another partner that we have is with um, the Tall Family Um and uh, at Howard University, we gave out nursing scholarships for the second year in a row okay. to nursing students, and um, we partnered with Carolyn Tall's family, who, and Carolyn Tall, was one of the first African American um, nursing students to graduate from Howard in 1958. Hmm. And so, in her honor, our boardman, our chair, chairman of our board, Victor Tall decided to allow us to partner with them to give back to Howard, two single parent families, even though they could have expanded it beyond that. He also helped single parents while he was married herself. He helped students and everything. So this past summer in Howard, it was so exciting because we had um, 15 students apply. And so at one time we said, well, we're just gonna give out one scholarship okay but then we had all you know 15 students.
2: yeah
0: <laughs> i'm the kind it's hard for me to turn anybody down yeah. so we raised fifteen thousand dollars and so like we had them come for an award ceremony and none of them knew who was going to win so we pretended that only one person won okay but <laughs> when we did after we gave the award we turned around and said to them you get a scholarship. You did a scholarship. Oh, you a
1: scholarship. We did the Oprah. Yeah, I did the Oprah on them. <laughs> and
0: those kids were like
1: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. that is so, was wasn't that fun?
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah.
0: Nope. And then uh, <laughs>